the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. On today's show, Ben Montai, founder and chairman of Ready Rock. I went home and I remember writing in the back of my Bible, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. And I had no idea the life of adventure that decision would make. But that's when my faith became mine. It, it switched from this is what I was taught as a child to this was mine. Hello, everyone. This is Ray Hilbert. I am your host here at Bottom Line Faith, and welcome back to another edition of the program where we get the incredible opportunity to travel the country and speak with people who love Jesus and who are running businesses and leading companies and organizations in the marketplace and living out their faith. The analogy we like to use here at Bottom Line Faith, it's where we uh, lift the hood and we tinker around in the engine of Christian leadership. We love to learn how these leaders think, how they plan, how they succeed, and yes, how they fail, and most importantly, how does their faith guide their leadership on a daily basis. If this is your first time joining us here at Bottom Line Faith, welcome. And uh, if you want to check out the website, go to bottomlinefaith.org. That's bottomlinefaith.org. There are dozens and dozens of our other interviews there of uh, leaders that we have talked to from across the country. You can scroll down to the bottom of the page there, and uh, you can subscribe and receive this program on a weekly basis right there on your mobile device or your laptop. And we, uh, we have the platforms of iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all the traditional podcast platforms are there as well. This Bottom Line Faith program is brought to you by the host ministry at Truth at Work. Check out our website at truthatwork.org and learn how you can connect in a community of Christ-following business leaders across the country. Well, folks, I am excited today. I am in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And this is a neat, neat city. If you've never been to Grand Rapids, it's a, it's a small town, but with a big city feel, kind of cosmopolitan, and it's got some of the best of the old, some of the best of the new. It's got the Gerald R. Ford Presidential uh, Museum here, and uh, just some amazing things here in Grand Rapids. And I am speaking today with Ben Montai. Ben is the founder and chairman of Ready Rock. Ben, welcome to Bottom Line Faith. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Well, we are. Uh, I'm excited to have this conversation, and I know you're excited because uh, you were like really, really early for this interview. Do you want to tell our guests about this story? Y- y'all, this is going to be fun. Uh, well, uh, as it turned out, I was actually here a month early, and uh, by accident, and I had just been talking with my sister, who is always late to every meeting. And I said, Ruth, you can never be too early. So I was driving down. I live three hours north of here. I was driving down to this meeting. And um, turns out I called Ray and found out I was a month early. And so I went home and I said, Ruth, I have to apologize to be on your case. You actually can be too early. (laughs) When you're a month too early to a meeting, it's way too early. (laughs) We were laughing about this, folks, before, and I, I, I told uh, Ben that I, I, I had that moment of real cold sweats when I got his call, and I'm like, oh, am I supposed to be in Grand Rapids right now? Because I was, believe me, nowhere near Grand Rapids, and, and I told him I sure am glad that he made that mistake and that I didn't, because I would have felt really, really bad then. But but listen, you folks are going to love getting to know Ben. This is a, a man who who is after God's own heart, who has had incredible success in the business world, but more importantly, 
he is a dedicated follower of Jesus. Ben, why don't we start there just a little bit? Just just give us a, a snapshot synopsis of your, uh, how'd you come to Christ? Hmm. You know, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, every night we had uh, almost a mini church service, <laughs> devotions. And it wasn't until I went away to college and uh, got on my own. And uh, my roommate and I were sitting on a Friday night. All the guys had, uh, had dropped the girls off at their dorm after our dates. And we'd, sit, we'd always sit in our room and smoke the peace pipes. And um, after all our big stories and all the guys left, my roommate, who had been, um, he had been recruited to play basketball, and, but he had grown up an atheist, mm. the exact opposite of me. And I had grown up in a Christian home. We were both searching for adventure in life. And so... He, I would go with Dean to the parties on Friday night. He would come to church with me on Sunday morning. Well, that particular night, when everyone had left, he said, Ben, I have something to share with you. And I said, really, what? He said, my girlfriend had been sharing Christ with me. I prayed to receive Christ. And I, and I said, Dean, how could you do that? <laughs> <laughs> and for the first time, I watched him over the next six months. I watched a life change. It's the first time I ever saw the power of the gospel. And I remember that following spring, after a chapel service at, at the college I was at, I went home and I remember writing in the back of my Bible, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. And I had no idea the life of, of adventure that decision would make. But that's when my faith became mine. It, it switched from this is what I was taught as a child to this was mine. That is a really powerful story because you actually watched a life transformed right in front of you. Yeah. And so you'd had maybe, I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but almost like a, a lifestyle Christianity. You'd been brought up in that and it was kind of the norm, but you literally saw a man change before your very eyes. Yeah. And it wasn't just anyone. This was my roommate. Yeah. I knew how Dean thought. I knew what he did. All the things that he he had done that I never had the guts to do. Yeah. <laughs> But then he shared with me the pain much of that had caused in his life, and then the transformation. It was powerful. That's good. So he actually lived out what you you believed, <laughs> and that's pretty good to see. Awesome. And so that's really good to help us understand some of that foundation of your Christian faith. And so uh, tell us a little bit about the company here, Ready Rock. Tell us uh, a little bit of the history, what you guys do, a little bit of the scope, and um, help our audience understand the business side of your life. Yeah. We create land out of unusable space. And to do that, we invented a retaining wall system. It's large blocks. They're like one-ton Legos that look like natural rock. And they're made out of concrete. And every block is weighs about as much as a Clydesdale horse. So we created a brand new niche in the retaining wall industry. There were no big blocks before we started. But we also have a road building company. And out in there, we have several ready-mix plants. And we were looking for new markets for to sell ready-mix. And we were building a big project uh, for a, a big developer, and he needed these retaining walls. So we, so we said, you know, we can provide something for you. And we dreamt up the first blocks. Um, actually, then my brother Jim came up with the first idea. We called them Jimmy's Jumbo Blocks because <laughs> we didn't have any other name. And then it really started working for us. 
So then I said, why don't we take this on the road and uh, we can sell it to other concrete producers. And uh, this is, can be a real moneymaker. This will change the industry uh, because there was no big blocks like this. So that's, that's how we started. And I went on the road in the first uh, seven months, sold about $700,000 worth of forms. And then I had to come back home and I said, we need to build the infrastructure behind this, mm -hmm. the, the engineering, the marketing, the installation materials, uh, because this thing's going to really take off. And the rest is history. Today, we have 150 licensed manufacturers that build our products across North America. And we're actually in about 15 countries. So uh, did you ever see this coming? <laughs> Never did. Um, I had no idea where this would lead. And I've always felt I'm just a little bit over my head mm -hmm. in what I'm doing because um, it was a God thing. I will tell you the story behind the story. We had gone, uh, because this idea never should have came to us to come up with this, this system. But early, uh, about mid-career, uh, I was in the road building business with my two brothers, and we went to a seminar. It was called Quest for Significance. And I remember thinking back, the first half of our career was really good. I mean, got married, started our businesses, three, three kids, mm -hmm. and, and it was really good. And I was thinking, what do I want from the second half? Mm. Yeah. And do I just want to double everything? And then a friend of mine, a businessman from Dallas, Texas, called and said, Ben, you need to come with me to this conference. I said, what's it called? He said, Quest for Significance. And I said, woo, what does that mean? And I was struggling with, what do I want? So we went, and I'll never forget the uh, speaker, Dave Hanna, stood up and he said, you guys are all business guys, but you're thinking too small. He said, I want you to think big enough that will impact people a thousand years into the future. And I remember thinking, a thousand years. I, I thought back a thousand years, I could not name one person. Yeah. Maybe you could. <laughs> I couldn't. And, and there were some pretty big dogs back there. How am I going to impact someone a thousand years in the future? Of course, what he went on to say is, and you probably have guessed, if you can impact where someone will spend eternity, you've impacted them a thousand years and way beyond. So he challenged us with this life principle. He said, you guys, he said, we don't want your money. We want your life. And life is an acronym. L is for your labor. I is for your influence. F is for your finances. And E is for your expertise. He challenged us to develop an eternal business plan and use our companies to team up with what he was doing in ministries around the world to impact people a thousand years into the future. And that's when my business started having real purpose. I want to repeat that just uh, in case our audience, maybe somebody's driving and they shouldn't be <laughs> writing as they're driving. Maybe they need to pull over. But t give us that LIFE acronym one more time, would you, Ben? Yeah. L is for our labor. I is for our influence. I didn't even know what influence was. I learned later. F is for our finances. And E is for our expertise. That's, that's fantastic. And so what I'm gathering in that, if, if we would submit all those unto Christ, that's a pretty holistic approach to obedience mm. and the abundant life. That is fantastic. Well, folks, we are speaking with Ben Monti. He is the founder and chairman at Ready Rock. And I want you to check out their website. And we're going to talk about his book here in just a moment. But their website is Ready Rock. That's R-E-D-I. 
then a dash rock, R-O-C-K dot com. You can uh, learn about their company because they really have created a niche, as we've already learned. And uh, I believe that was some divine inspiration there. And I think we just learned where it came from was directly back to attending that uh, conference on significance. And so, uh, Ben, that's probably a great little segue. We're going to talk about leadership and lessons learned and so forth. But the culmination of, of kind of your story and your journey, you've actually captured much of this into a book right? And uh, we've got a copy of it here. It's called In His Majesty's Service, From Success to Significance. And uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the book and then a little bit about your Anatomy of Courage uh, movement? Yeah. Well, the book, what's interesting, uh, so we were challenged at that Quest for Significance seminar on these four things. And at home, I have a hot tub. And I sit in my hot tub every night. And when the kids were small, after they were in bed, uh, I would run a, 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 about a half a gallon of, of water, and I would sit in my hot, I'd crank it up really hot. <laughs> and I'd sit in it until my water was gone. And all of a sudden, I had, this was, I had what I would call an epiphany. And this was 10 years later after the seminar. I'm sitting in my hot tub, and I said, you know, I had, at the time, I had a big map of the world on the wall. And when I would travel, mm-hmm giving back, I would put pins on the wall and wherever I'd take the kids, a different pin. And I was looking at that map, sitting in the hot tub, and I realized, you know, I've had a chance to use my labor in Mongolia. I've had a chance to use my influence at the Russian nuclear missile base where I helped lead a leadership seminar with their top leaders there and uh, impacting one of their leading generals at the base. Incredible story. I had a chance to use my finances in China, where uh, we went back and found a lost family treasure 50 years earlier, when my aunt, in 1948, went as a missionary and then was thrown out when the Communist Party came. Incredible story. I've had a chance to use my expertise in Colombia, running the gauntlet at the Colombian airport, where they kidnapped Americans, and we made it through that and spoke at a business conference in saw hearts change. This family came to me. Incredible story. I have a picture of them on my hot tub wall that uh, one day I'll meet them again in heaven. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's exciting. So the uh, the epiphany in my hot tub was, I need to write a book. And I remember jumping out of the hot tub, taking a shower. I got dressed. I went to my wife. Wives are so good at keeping us humble. (laughs) And I said, Nance, I have this epiphany. I need to write a book. She said, she just laughed at me. She said, Ben, you don't even read books. How are you going to write a book? And I hadn't, when I graduated from college, I was tired of books. I said, I'm never reading another book. And I hadn't, other than the Bible. And uh, now I'm reading books again. And uh, my sister's a writer, so she helped write the book. Uh, and it, it, it's an incredible journey. <laughs> it's what it. the life principle looked like when it was applied. So often we learn things, but until we apply them, we yeah. haven't really learned them. Yeah. So the name of the book, folks, is In His Majesty's Service, with a subtitle of From Success to Significance. And, and just talk real briefly about this Anatomy of Courage uh, project you've got going on. Yeah. So now um, now I'm in the fifth quarter, uh, kind of. Um, I've turned over the company to my uh, to my youngest son as president, and uh and I've still got a lot of steam in my tank. I've got a lot of, of uh, things I believe God's calling me to do. So a group of us leaders, three of us have started uh, uh, a, um, well, the website is called anatomyofcourage.com. 
And we're assembling um, lessons we've learned, whether that's like my book or um, one, of, one of us does seminars on uh, suicide prevention and speaks all around and uh, different tools. Anatomy of courage is like we're assembling tools, the building blocks of applying the courage to apply principles to our daily life. Fantastic. So you can check out that website at anatomyofcourage.com. Amazing, incredible stories, as you've talked about all over the world. Um, so let's transition a little bit, and let's, let's talk a little bit about le- leadership. Let's talk a little bit about lessons learned and so forth. You've been in this business for, how, when did you start? The, uh, how long has uh, the business been around? Yeah, this business I started in 2000 when yeah. I was 45. Yeah, so we're going on near, nearly 20 years now, so a couple of decades. And so over the course of that, uh, what are some of the ways that you uh, build into your people, some of the opportunities you give for them to give back? How do you minister to them? How do you view this business as a missionary plat- a ministry platform? Why don't you just give us a little bit of uh, framework there? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Through the years, it's it's changed a little. My generation, we call our myself and my uh, partners, uh, there's six of us, and we've started multiple businesses. Uh, but our heart is, has been... Um, through the years, giving back overseas, uh, a lot of third world countries. So I've traveled uh, giving back to probably th- over 30 countries and sit on multiple international ministry boards. And now we're starting to transition the companies to Gen 3. And uh, we have five major divisions of companies. And, and uh, four of those divisions now we've turned over to Gen 3. And I've seen a difference. Um, their passion and heartbeat has... Uh, it's a really good thing has been more to uh, towards our employees. We have roughly 300 employees amongst all the companies. And they're looking to reach out and help our employees um, engage in the world. And the millennials are much more uh, after how do they make their, count, their life count in their communities. And so, um, well, last year... Uh, one of our presidents, Abraham, uh, challenged our entire uh, construction teams, uh, about 100. If anybody's interested, let's go to Tijuana and help with house build to the poorest of the poor, where they have dirt floors. It's really difficult. And 26 um, signed up, and we flew down there last winter. It was an incredible oh time. Yeah. Many of them have never been out of the country, and uh, what a touching time. And, uh, Ray, we were talking just yesterday. I came from Detroit where we're looking, we're researching uh, four different inner-city Detroit ministries that we can perhaps get involved with our, with our, with our employees and bring teams down and help in a, in a very different culture than we're from. I'm from northern Michigan, a little resort area, Petoskey, Michigan, and, which is a very different culture than inner-city Detroit. And we have so much to learn from them. The only way we're going to do it is by getting involved. And so we're looking for opportunities to do that. And it's added so much meaning to our work. Yeah, absolutely. And 
And um, for those of you, uh, Ben's talking about when he sent the the team down to uh, Tijuana, uh, they built with Homes of Hope. And uh, if you're a longtime listener here at Bottom Line Faith, you know that uh, in a previous episode, we interviewed uh, the founder of Homes of Hope, Sean Lambert. Uh, Actually, just a few days ago, saw Sean, and uh, they're doing well, and God's expanding that ministry. And it's a transformational experience for your employees. If you're listening and you're looking for an opportunity to engage your team, it is a great team-building exercise, isn't it, Ben? Oh, tremendous, tremendous. It's not only just a great ministry, but it's a great team-building, and it teaches about gratitude and working together. And someday I'll have to tell you the story about how I put windows in backwards and got <laughs> rebuked by the <laughs> the builder there. But yeah, that's another day, another story. Folks, we are speaking with Ben Monti. He is the founder and, and chairman at Ready Rock. Check them out at Ready Rock. That's R-E-D-I-Rock. Dot com, And uh, we are learning from literally an entrepreneur who God has anointed and blessed over the years, and he is giving back. And so y- you mentioned this um, this fifth quarter, this concept of fifth quarter, and, and you're at a stage in your life where things are looking a little different for you. What advice would you have for maybe someone who's listening to the program, and maybe they have... Maybe they've achieved most of their goals in business. Maybe they, we have startup entrepreneurs that we have on the program, Ben, and then we run the gamut. And then we have individuals like yourself who, you know, you're at a different chapter in life. So what words of encouragement would you have for someone who's listening right now? And maybe they've acquired the success. Maybe they've hit their goals and they're kind of wondering what is next? What would God have me do next? What, what words of encouragement would you have for them? You know, I think back, I was sharing on this very topic in China on one of my trips with a a group of business guys from Hong Kong. We were in the 52nd floor of a skyscraper, and uh, we were talking about uh, this very thing. And I was sharing with them Psalm 67. uh, I call it the prayer triangle. And God says, Abraham, I want to be a blessing to you. And think of God at the top and and God's blessing down one side of the triangle to Abraham. And he says, Abraham, I want you. It's not just for you. A lot of us say, God, would you bless me? But it stops there. No, God said, Abraham, I want you to be a blessing to others across the bottom of the triangle. And then others will give God the glory back. It goes back to God. And then God says, when he looks down from heaven and sees this triangle happening, he says, the earth has yielded its produce. It's the way he designed us. And so when we're doing that, um, we, we get way more out of giving than we, than we ever get back. So um, in my fifth quarter, by the way, the fifth quarter is uh, I went to a, a Rose Bowl game when, when Wisconsin was playing UCLA. And um, the band, the Wisconsin band was so good. They had these red uniforms and these white leggings and they would prance really high and but then the band took the field at the end of the game and they played what they called the fifth quarter and instead of marching they played three songs freestyle it was wild that's kind of like the stage i'm in i've turned over the day-to-day responsibilities and now uh it's freestyle and i am having a ball giving back uh with different ministries, uh, transitioning um, the companies over to the next generation of leadership, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. But you just said something that I think a lot of people struggle with, and you, you, you've you given up in terms of the day-to-day, and a lot of times that's a huge struggle for someone who's built the company, built an enterprise, had success. 
how, how would you encourage somebody who may be struggling with the giving up part? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, in my case, um, it was my second epiphany. The first one was writing the book. The second one, uh, I was sitting in, in our hot tubs in California. We had built a resort park. God's got something going on for you in hot tubs, yeah. sounds like. Uh, well, <laughs> I believe we need to take the time yep. to let our mind quiet down and apply the things he's teaching us. That's and right. for me, that's right. we all do it different. For me, I do it in the hot tub. Yeah. And that's where God speaks to me. Um, and I had an epiphany. Uh, I needed it. I'm a startup guy. I've started several businesses, and, and my son is a scale-up guy. So we need a scale-up guy right now. And if I stayed too long, I would actually hold the company back. I thought I would work till I'm 75 at least because I love what I do. And I had a, a, a personal coach come alongside me, and he's really helped me uh, plan the next 10 years. And if I do it right, I'm good for 15 or 20 with the balance of it. And so... One of the keys, and for me in giving up, he said, Ben, uh, once we came up with my 10-year plan, he said, you cannot possibly get to where you want to be unless you give up where you're at. And he said, to give up, um, you can't be looking backwards. If you're looking backwards at where you were, it's going to keep drawing you back. You have to have a goal out in front of you, be heading towards something, not moving away from something. And so I actually volunteered on um, some things. I, I went to, uh, you're familiar with um, Willow Creek, yeah. and they have a gl global leadership summit. This lady spoke. It changed my life. She, sa she said, what's the difference between a brand new rookie in your company? Well, her topic was learning beats knowing every day of the week. Learning beats knowing. The rookie, they're learning. They're asking everybody. And they have a breakthrough, and they're excited. Their passion is there. The seasoned founder, he's going on stuff he learned way back. He said, do this. I know it works. Don't do this. This doesn't work. And pretty soon, we quit learning. So they said, go volunteer somewhere where you know nothing. Start at the bottom. You will start learning again, and your passion will come back. And so I volunteered in, uh, with an organization. We're trying to build char bring character back to the public school system. <laughs> Huge job. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm in a field I know nothing about, and I'm learning a ton, and my passion's back. That's great advice. Uh, I love that. That's extraordinarily uh, practical, too, and, and I've, uh, that's helpful to think about um, regaining passion because that—, that that's one of the big fears of someone of letting go is like, what will I go to? Yeah. And uh, you, you, it's hard to go to something unless you have passion around it. And so very, very practical advice. We're, we're down towards the end, and so I just have two, two questions I'd like to ask, and they're actually somewhat related. If you think back over the course of your career, uh, what was maybe the best piece of advice someone gave you, and how did it help shape you? You know, I remember mid-career... I went uh, to a Promise Keeper event, and I was in the Pontiac Silver Dome, and uh, we were challenged uh, on the concept of prayer walking. And they taught us the Lord, how to take the Lord's Prayer and take each syllable and personally apply it, pray through it. So I started this, um, and uh, I started every day before I'd go to work, I'd throw my briefcase in the truck, and I would walk to the lake and back. It's about a, a mile. And I'd pray through the Lord's Prayer. And um, I would had 
had been doing this for about three months straight when uh, something happened to me. It, it, it totally changed my life. And um, I couldn't even tell anybody about it for, mm-hmm. the, for mm-hmm. probably two years. And But I was walking along, and all of a sudden, the presence of God I was came down on me because I had been worshiping. I was in worship mode in, in the Lord's Prayer. And all I could do was just weep for a solid, a full two-mile walk. And, and uh, all I could do was confess sin. And afterwards, I realized God had met me in a special way in that prayer walk. He has given me since then uh, wisdom for my marriage during that time, in raising our kids during that time. He's given me insights in business. I would walk into a business meeting, and I had insights I never would have came up with as a result of taking that time. That one discipline has probably impacted my life more than any discipline I've ever Prayer done. walking. Yes. That's oh, that's incredible. From the Pontiac Silverdome, I think 1995, Promise Keepers, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, well, one last question. And uh, for those of you who are regular listeners here at the program, you know this is the one question I always ask every guest, and it's the question I ask at the end. We call it our 423 question. It's based out of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, that says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. So Ben, let's just um, move the clock forward. We don't know when that day and hour will be, but let's pretend you're at the end of your time, this side of eternity. You have a chance to gather those who are most precious to you, your family, your friends, employees, whoever that may be, and you now have a chance to pass along the single most important piece of advice. So would you fill in the blank for our audience here, above all else? Yeah, build your faith. It's what's going to last for eternity. I would say, I know for me, um, one of the other challenges to do that, a friend um, challenged me to, there's a small book, 31 chapters. It's written by the wisest man who's ever lived. And he said, Ben, you should read on the 7th, read the 7th chapter, on the 10th, read the 10th chapter. And pick a verse out of there. It's called, book's called the book of Proverbs. And it's all about wisdom. And um, a lot of times I will read that in the morning, pick a verse for that day. And then when I go on my prayer walk, I figure out how to apply it. And then I go to work. Hmm. That's where you physically apply it. And then when I sit in the hot tub, I say, now, what did I learn at work Mm -hmm. to change for tomorrow? And at, you know, with my family, I want to all meet again in heaven because that's, that's the long, that that's the final goal. So um, building our faith, being all we can be in maturity in Christ is probably the number one. The above thing. all else. Above all else. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, let me ask, has this 30 minutes gone fast? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sure has. Well, folks, um, again, we have been speaking with Ben Monti. He is the founder and chairman at Ready Rock. Check out their website at ready, that's R-E-D-I dash rock, R-O-C-K dot com. Also, check out Ben's website, anatomyofcourage.com. Some pretty neat things going on there and and helping leaders grow in their courage to make a change in the world around them. Ben, any last words you want to pass along to the audience today? 
No, I just want to thank you. What an opportunity. Uh, it's an exciting time to be in li- alive today. It, it really is. Some amazing things going on. And uh, this program here at Bottom Line Faith, I was, I was just speaking with somebody yesterday. I can't believe I get to do this. I uh, interviewed a CEO yesterday of a, uh, about a half a billion dollar company and him just talking about him living out his faith and the impact they're making in the marketplace. It's just, to your point, Ben, there's some great things going on and I we get to be a part of it and uh, we're very grateful for that. Well, folks, just a couple of housekeeping things here as we wrap up another uh, edition of Bottom Line Faith. Uh, check out the website, bottomlinefaith.org. You can scroll all, well, you can scroll down through there and listen to dozens of episodes there at the website. If you'd like to become a regular subscriber please scroll down to the bottom of the webpage and uh, whether you use Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, whatever your uh, podcast platform of choice is, you can subscribe there. Also check out uh, truthatwork.org. We are the host ministry here at Bottom Line Faith. Check out truthatwork.org and particularly click on that roundtable tab. If you are a Christ follower leading a business and you would like to connect with a like-minded community of Christ following business owners and leaders across the country, check out the Truth at Work roundtable. I'm sure you'll be glad you did. So until next time, this is your host, Ray Hilbert at Bottom Line Faith, saying God bless and go live your faith out in the marketplace. Bottom Line Faith is brought to you by Truth at Work. If you'd like to hear about new episodes or listen to past episodes, visit us online at bottomlinefaith.org. You can also subscribe to the show through Google Play and iTunes.